Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Um, I feel we may get some admissions of murder. Uh, in the next few minutes. <laughs> it's actually not that bad. It's not as bad well, it's not as bad as last week. There's no there's no murders anyway. Let's put it that way. afternoon good evening good morning wherever and whenever you are listening this is chain wrestling with mags and Sai. i am the slightly more annoyed than last week's side because my selection didn't win yet again and with me as always he is the it feels good to be king. <laughs> With me, as always, he is the five-star frog splash to my dead dudes at Backlash. It's a top call that was. Look at that, a eh? day after the show. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like I put a thought into these things. Yeah, uh, he is the one-night stand to my slowly scouring the nightclub one last time at 2am and being told no chance and getting looks of disgust from all the ladies and leaving alone and walking home in the rain with nothing but a kebab and a horrid feeling of worthlessness and misery and loneliness and that took a bit of a turn I do apologise Jesus Christ a podcaster that says, don't call me DEJ Kirby anymore. It's something different. Mr. Max, how are we doing, my friend? <laughs> I'm doing brilliant. I love winning the polls. Even though I pretend I'm not competitive, I want to win every fucking single week, and it pisses me off when Simon wins. So <laughs> vote for me. <laughs> yeah, oh, very good. <laughs> <laughs> what a bastard you are. <laughs> How's your week been then, bud? You all right? Yeah, it's been uh, great. We're getting pretty much out of lockdown now. I think pubs are open uh, to take people indoors from today, so no doubt we'll have a lot of pissheads rolling around Burnley in the in the wee hours later on. Uh, but yeah, for me, it's uh, it's been uh, a very rainy but quite decent week. Yeah, yeah, same for me, mate, same for me. Um, been working a bit. Um, the weather's been. It either been horrific and raining, so you know I'm stopping in. All the weather's been half decent, so I'm mm-hmm. I'm still kind of stopping in, I guess. But it's still nice to look out the window, isn't it? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, it's been all right, mate. It's been all right. It's not been too bad up here at all. Well, down here, I suppose, from where you are, isn't it? So, yeah, it's been okay. Yeah, um, you didn't watch Backlash, you said, did you? No, uh, I did the the prediction show with Josh Robinson, um, and I was tempted to watch it because, uh, like I've told you, I don't really watch the main roster uh, show, but uh, I, I do 
keep up to date with the the pay per views, and um, on on paper this looks like a decent one. Uh, and WWE pay per views don't really disappoint me that much. I, I tend to just switch my brain off and and enjoy them for what they are. But uh, I was tired yesterday. I had a, a busy day with uh, Techers uh, and UFC. Uh, so I thought I'll watch it sometime tomorrow, and then uh, I wake up, check the results, and I see that there's uh, there's there's been some zombies, which uh, yeah. in 2021 I didn't expect from WWE, um, and the backlash for it was uh, pretty unanimously they were hated. They were pretty much hated. It weren't great, you know. It weren't great. I mean, uh, I suppose a little bit of context for for everyone listening. Um, today I have watched back the match that won the poll, uh, Rob Van Dam versus John Cena, mm-hmm. and then put Backlash from last night on straight after. And I sat and watched both um, with my 11-year-old daughter, who, as I've said numerous times on the show, is almost like my wrestling muse. I get her opinions on things because I think quite often I can be quite cynical. I'm looking at stuff through old man eyes. It's good to have her, a, a much younger, enthusiastic wrestling fan, maybe balance out my my negative opinions, maybe who knows. Mm-hmm. Um, but she watched backlash with me and she really enjoyed the show and the zombie. Uh, th- I suppose it's, it's a funny one really with the zombies because uh, WWE, as we've said numerous times on, on, on chain wrestling mags, it's not really aimed at people like yourself and I on, on no. wrestling Twitter and so on. It's more aimed for the kids. So, yeah. so to me is one of two things. Either the zombies are ridiculously fake look daft and i mean this is how i saw them it was daft because they're not obviously not real zombies but the miz and that was selling them like they were it was a bit silly mm-hmm. um or there are a load of zombies trying to eat wrestlers and reach through the ropes and grab their feet and morrison got dragged away somewhere quite in a sinister <laughs> way so if it's certain kids that may frighten a little bit i guess does that make sense yeah, um, I, I understand what you mean, but I, I believe it was from a, um, a licensing deal anyway. Where the uh, the the event was sponsored by Army of the Dead, which is a, a an upcoming Dave Batista film, I believe. Um, so it, it's business at the end of the day, and the fact is, wrestling, whether you like it or not, is an entertainment show, and it's a, a company that is there to make money. They've got a sponsorship deal with Army of the Dead. They put out a bit of Army of the Dead people, some zombies. Um, it's no different to um, aid having a mimosa match or having the dinner debonair um, or even Abaddon, who is a, a cosplaying zombie woman. Um, I, don't, I, I get that fans didn't like it and you, that's totally within your right to not like it, but to just use it as fuel to, to keep on this imaginary war between two wrestling companies... Just enjoy what you want. If you didn't like it, that's fine. Um, go and watch something else. I don't yeah. get it. I don't. I probably will not enjoy it because uh, I'm not a huge fan of zombies. But I'm not going to certainly use that as an excuse to to say AEW is better because of that. They've put the business behind thirty years because of that. Give it up, man. It's just wrestling. It's ridiculous in the first place. No one solves arguments in real life by stripping down to their underpants and pretending to fight in a ring. It's fake. It's it's entertainment. Enjoy it for what it is. Oh, I feel Ooh. better now. 
Oh, bloody hell. We've got Salty Max today, have we? <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was the ranty one on this show, and I thought you were the voice of reason. Which, to be honest, thinking about it, you being the voice of reason, that's quite a scary force, isn't it, let's be fair. I know, yeah, that... Jesus. Even I don't believe <laughs> the shit that comes out of my mouth. And you say that people in real life don't settle arguments by stripping down to their pants and fighting. You want to come to Gloucester on a Friday night. Like, <laughs> and that's just the women. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it may be worth a trip down then. Yeah. Yeah, oh, you say about you know you don't really like zombies and that. I don't, I don't really have an opinion on zombies. I suppose, Miss. I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched that many zombie films because they kind of freaked me out when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So it's not something I've levitated towards or got gone towards or, or whatever, you know. But yeah, maybe saying I don't like them is a is a stretch. Uh, I've never been into programs like The Walking Dead. It's just not my thing. Um, Films like Night of the Living Dead, it just wasn't uh, something I was interested in. Uh, so it's not that I dislike zombies, it's just they're not not something I'm particularly entertained by. Mm, yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. I've not seen The Walking Dead. Again, because I, I thought when it first started, oh, it's probably going to freak me out a little bit. You know what it's like when you watch like programs that are a bit creepy and that at night, and you've got to watch something funny before you go to bed so you don't have a bad yeah. dream. Do you have yeah. to do that? Yeah, um, that's not me <laughs> <laughs> but um i watched uh i zombie have you seen that one um i zombie what yeah it's on that that's made by apple yeah that's exactly what it is <laughs> <laughs> no you're not bad it's um it's basically it's, it's a bit sort of like it's, i suppose it's like an updated the feel to it is like, you know, how Buffy the Vampire Slayer felt like the sort of younger people, monsters involved and all that sort of stuff. But that was very 90s. Yeah. Well, it's kind. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like that, but sort of it only finished being made like a year or two ago. So it's a bit more up to date and the people in it are a touch older, I suppose. And, but basically that they, she works in a lab, um, this girl and she's bitten by a zombie basically. So she's like half zombie. And, um, she this this apparently when when they eat the brains of um of somebody who's dead they get like memories from the dead for a short period so okay. she's working in the morgue and she's on the sly eating the brains and then helping them solve the crimes because she's getting the memories of the dead person who's been killed jesus christ that, that sounds a lot more morbid and a lot more probably a lot more complicated than it actually is it's very straightforward easy to follow almost like a I don't know whether you call it a teenager's program or whatever, but yeah, I quite enjoyed that because it's quite quite lighthearted and quite funny in places. Plus, the the main actress in it, who plays the zombie, she's quite hot, which is always an added bonus, right? But um, I just until her arm falls off. Well, this is the thing, mate. This is the thing. I've never seen her in anything else before, apart from this eye zombie. And we're going off on a bit of a tangent here, and I do apologise to the people listening. But if you've not heard chain wrestling before, buckle in because this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't for a second think when I pressed the little red button today to record uh, Mags and I conversation that I'd be talking about iZombie, but there we go. I've never seen this actress before, and I'm watching this program, and in it, she's a zombie. But she's, you know, zombies are, you know, they they live amongst the the living in this program. So she's like, you know, her hair's hair's white and her skin's quite pale, and she looks like a a zombie. Um, Not like gory and like gloopy and, you know, bubbly skin and all that sort of nonsense. Just looks a bit dead, right? And um, every now and again, they have to dress her up to make her look living to go out and do other things. I really fancy her more when she's dead. Is that that's that? Is that weird? It's a uh, it's a bit weird. 
you know, well, I, 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 well, I say a bit. I mean, it's very, very weird. Yes, you reckon? You you may be a necrophiliac. Well, no, no. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to go like you know, slipping it in. <laughs> That's a bit off. <laughs> I think, but I think she looks hotter as a zombie than when. And obviously, in real life, she's not a zombie. So you have a look online. Uh, well, I'd hope not. I mean, she'd be kind of typecasting the roles that she could get as an actress if she was. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> <laughs> Her career wouldn't be very sort of varied, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> but I sort of watch, I, I, you, know, you know, you go on her Instagram or whatever, and I'm looking at her and I'm thinking, nah, she, she's hotter as a zombie. You know? <laughs> I've told the wife this, and her reaction was kind of similar to what you said. She's all looking at me like, are you, are you all right? You know? <laughs> mm. I think you need therapy. You reckon? Yeah. I've, I've uh, looked up the woman. She's, okay. she's Rose McCarver. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, she's, she's not been in a lot of stuff that I know, uh, but I might check this programme. It's, it's, uh, it's been going for about three or four series, it looks like. It's finished now. It's, it's like the end now. <laughs> Yeah, and I, like the, it's, it's the same as most of these these seasons, uh, these sort of TV series that run for a few seasons, um, where they start off and it's very much, I suppose, monster of the week or case of the week, and they're solving these crimes mm-hmm. and whatnot. But then there starts to be like a, a thread running through the series, yeah. you know. And then at the end, the last series is tying up all those loose ends, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a there's a dude in it who's he's supposed to be the bad guy, um, and he's a zombie and he runs a he runs a bar in the in the city there. I can't remember the name of the bar, but it's got a really funny name. But he's um, he's the he's an absolute star. He is comedy gold, Max. He you will you'll think this guy is hysterical. He is brilliant. Um, and uh, the creepy guy Teabag from um, Prison Break. Another program I have never watched. Uh, okay, well he's in it as well. He plays the zombie's dad. He's good in it as well. But I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not. It's not like it's no twenty four. It's not the best thing I've ever seen. But it's a decent <laughs> program. So, and you get to look at you know this lady who's hotter than which is a strange thing to say, I suppose. To the it, listening it, people, it, it sounds very reminiscent of like Columbo, but with brain eating. Yeah, I don't know, mate. I never found Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> without wonky eye. without wonky no no see I like if I'm going for dodgy old detectives in a Mac they got to have two good eyes mate I got my standards okay yeah I you know? understand that <laughs> before this takes an even darker turn than we've already headed down <laughs> shall we head to Twitter my friend and see what people have been sending us this week I, I'm actually worried because it's uh, after last week's um, horrific debacle of stories I don't want to know where these these animals that listen to this show uh what kind of horrific pranks they've pulled on other people um i feel we may get some admissions of murder uh in the next few minutes <laughs> it's actually not that bad it's not as bad well it's not as bad as last week there's no there's no murders anyway let's put it that way <laughs> um this week our non-wrestling topic was uh, I suppose practical jokes or ribs as they're known in the wrestling business, whether that was jokes played on you or jokes played by yourself on somebody else or your favorite um, ribs or practical jokes you've heard about in the wrestling business. Obviously, Mr. Fuji, Owen Hart and various others are really famous for playing numerous tricks. When you hear the stories, they are 
very very funny you know when you hear him back <laughs> that was kind of the theme we were looking for and again everyone out there you didn't disappoint sending in numerous uh jokes um a lot of them are jokes that you've played on other people so yes. i'm assuming that you know jokes that you've had played on yourself is far too embarrassing for you to share <laughs> that's okay that's okay we you know or, we're okay with that. or these have been played on you and you're just changing the narrative so it looks like you weren't the the bullied party um, as always, Magsy, I will run through them um, just straight in the order we get them and we'll have a look and see what we got, shall we? Let's go for it. Okie doke. Um, that 90s Wrestling Podcast, at 90s Wrestling Pod on Twitter. Good old James. Yeah. Uh, thank you for messaging in, my friend. He says uh, his family ran an antiques and furniture making business after school, weekends, holidays, etc. He would work down there. Uh, one day he got into an argument with one of the staff. He was 14 at the time. Uh, I'm assuming he means himself and uh, not the staff, I think. Um, <laughs> it was a hot day that day. Uh, he had a bottle of orange squash left unattended. Uh, he noticed he had half a bottle left. He proceeded to empty the contents and refill it. Now, I'm assuming he's not refilled it with orange juice again there. I'm assuming he's refilled I mean, it with something yeah. else. That wouldn't really class as a prank. That class as like a really good deed, like trying to make amends if he filled it back up with actual orange squash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just assuming that basically this guy's just drank his piss then. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> this, this orange squash has, has gone rather salty. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit tangy. Picking bits, <laughs> picking bits out of his teeth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, not good. Not good. Um, Ricky and Clive wrestling show at Ricky and Clive. Our good bud is there. This is from Clive. He says he was on a, ho- a family caravan holiday when he was around 10, ran up to behind his dad and excitingly squashed a whoopee cushion. He then fell over a rock and basically broke his tailbone. <laughs> <laughs> That's karma hitting you back instantly. Yeah. It is indeed. Um, this one makes me laugh because it's the long game I enjoy with certain jokes. Uh, this is from Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter. Um, a lad he used to work with was obsessed with lemon drizzle cake. I like lemon cake. But I like lemon stuff anyway, Mags, to be honest. But I get annoyed because a lot of the stuff I get isn't lemony enough. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I'm, I like lemon. I'm more of a lamb flavor guy. I'd rather have lamb than lemon. But lemon drizzle cake is really nice. Yeah, I just get my hair off because, like, you buy lemon stuff and it's just not lemony enough. And it's then the just, wife's... it's just it's been shown a lemon, or it's been in the same room as a lemon. Yeah, yeah, that gets <laughs> on my nerves. Anyway, back to Rob. We have, uh, he says a lad he used to work with was obsessed with lemon drizzle cake, and there was a lass who would occasionally bake it for him. One evening shift, he wasn't working, um, so Rob bought in a lemon drizzle and sent him a photo saying that she's made him one. So this chap who's really keen on his lemon cakes is being informed that this this young lady's made him a cake that he adores which is which is lovely um, rob then spent the rest of the shift um sending him photos with one more slice missing bit by, <laughs> bit by bit it's fucking br- it's brilliant it's brilliant class, storytelling i love it just so just just the long game isn't it it's fantastic yeah. um at first he was like it's fine as long as there's some left for me and as the cake got smaller and smaller, his texts got more and more abusive. <laughs> <laughs> he end, Rob says he ended up having to give loads of cake away, but it was well worth it. 
you know I... what, what would have sealed the deal is if he took one final photo with all the slices of the cake like in the bin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a... brutal, but it, the, that would have just been a perfect end. Just the same plate next to the bin with like one solitary crumb on it or yeah. something. Or flushing it down the toilet. Oh dear! Yeah, you want to be careful though, because you'll block the loo, though, won't you? Yeah, yeah. Well, it'll, cakes are very uh, susceptible to soaking up liquid. I don't know if you're being sarcastic or not. There, are they? Well, it's flour. Flour soaks up liquid. Oh uh, right, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Well, no, I know flour is in cake, but do you soak liquid up a cake? No, I'm not saying you, you. I'm not saying if you spill some milk, go and find the the nearest piece of Battenberg to mop it up. All I'm saying is, if you <laughs> if you had some cake in some liquid, it will drink that liquid. Doesn't it just like turn to mush though? <laughs> Eventually, when it gets uh, super saturated, but if there's enough there, it would it would soak it up and swell. Oh, okay, like a sponge. That's why sponges are cake. You get cake sponge cakes, don't you? Wow, the fucking penny has dropped, people. <laughs> the penny has dropped. Okay. <laughs> Look up. <laughs> Lessons with Simon. Why? Every day's a school day, pal. <laughs> um, Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. Yes. One of the best workplace pranks played on him when... Hang on. When, I was, uh, when he was squatting face down... Squatting down, facing up, sorry. Low shelves at the store had shut. Oh, he's facing up shelves, low down. Okay, sorry. This is me reading it wrong, not not Dan writing it wrong. I apologize. He's squatting down, facing up shelves that are low down in the in the store, making all the, the products that neat and tidy. Yep. Um, his arse crack was out a bit, so the head of fresh produce filled a watering can with ice-cold water, stuck the spout in his crack, and poured. Brilliant. Ooh. So not only are you getting that initial, oh my God, and you're jumping up in the air because that's going to make you leap, you, you got a soggy, wet arse. <laughs> it's a classic. It's an absolute classic. Oh. It's either that or the pen pen drop into the, the arse crack. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Danny, again, different Danny this time on Twitter, at Scottish Juggalo. Uh, when he was 15 in secondary school, his ICT teacher... Is, what's that? That's like computers, isn't it? ICT, yeah. is that right? Yeah. yeah. Okay, his ICT teacher accidentally left his login for his staff profile on the desk and had to attend an urgent matter outside. Uh, Danny says he picked this piece of paper up and waited until lunchtime to log in and replace all his future work with pictures of GTA San Andreas photos of the, let's say, obscene nature he has here. <laughs> Every bit of his future work was now laced with X-rated GTA. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant. The next day, we were told in assembly that they knew who it was and they should do the right thing and just come forward. He never did, and then he's actually included the password in the tweet, which I think I is a lovely little finish. <laughs> I wonder if that's still the password. I mean, also, if you're an RCT uh, tutor, having QQQQ123 as your password is ridiculous. You should yeah. not be teaching RCT if you can't even master a basic password. Exactly. Exactly. So you got what uh, you deserved. Yeah. Yeah. Again, karma, mate, isn't it? Um, 
Dan Griffin again at Dan Griffin 21. Uh, a colleague of my, I'm reading this in, in Dan's words. Um, a colleague of mine is big into scare attractions. Mm-hmm. Um, I got given a collector's edition of Death in the Family. They included a Joker mask. Colleague badgered me to see it. One Saturday, I left the mask face up on his chair. He went to sit down and shit himself. Best work prank I ever did. <laughs> that is brilliant. <laughs> Making people jump is awesome, isn't it? I, I don't know. I mean, it's not great because obviously you've got some people who may have heart problems or whatever, and you never know what's going to happen, I guess. But there was a guy there was a guy who used to work at the this plastics place that I worked at. This is going back years. Um <sighs> He was he was a bit of a dope. He was a, he was a nice enough fella, but he was annoying because he was fairly bone idle. Um, but he was also a bit dopey, so it was really easy to prank. So, and the issue I've got is, I mean, you, you ask my wife and tr- my kids, um, and anyone who's ever worked with me, they'll tell you that when I get bored and I've got nothing to do, <sighs> my old supervisor used to make jobs up for me to keep me busy because when I got, <laughs> I'd start doing fuck about. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, so I'd finish my work early and my mind would always just go straight away to how can I mess around with this fella? Um, we'll call him, I don't know. Uh, oh, fuck it. We'll call him Dean. That's his name. We'll- <laughs> <laughs> Bollocks, you know? Um, Sorry, I won't say Dean. Sur- yeah, I won't say his surname. And there's plenty of plastics places in Gloucester. So don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I was like, well, how can I fuck around with Dean? And this one, this, there's this massive machine that we used to run. They used to cut the plastic sheets into little blocks. And I took the time to go down there's like a computer screen and a computer panel that's at head height so you're standing there at head height running this machine i took the time to go down there and from the back with my allen keys and my tools remove the panel from the machine crawl through it remove the panel at the front and then place the panel at the back so this took a good i don't know half an hour or so so then i was effectively in his machine with the back panel back on. So as he's walking back towards his machine, he wouldn't see me because the panel's on. He goes and stands in his place, and I uh, basically jumped out and grabbed his ankles because I'm, I'm like knee heights to him underneath his desk, and he can't see me because it's, inc- it's all included in, in metal casing. So I basically bolted myself into this metal casing. He's come back to work. I've let him work there for three, four minutes, and then I've just gone and grabbed his legs and basically rugby tackled him. I didn't realize at the time that he had one of these bumper family sharing bags of Galaxy Minstrels in one hand and a two litre bottle of coke in the other or orange aid or tango or whatever it was so basically minstrels went bloody everywhere fizzy pot went bloody everywhere and we ended up just both stood there caked in fizzy drink and uh, an absolute mess in the machine um the emergency stopped fired up on the machine because we got it all wet and all that sort of stuff but i got a giggle out of making dean jump and that's the important thing that we learned from this story that was yeah. the important thing that happened so <laughs> no matter the consequences and the work put in if you get a belly laugh out of it it was worth it yeah yeah exactly i once said i taped his hamburger to the ceiling as well with the fortress that was yeah. a good that was a good one that, i mean that i've got i've got a tail like that uh coming up so ah excellent stuff um Back to Twitter quickly. We have MGB Graham at MGB Graham on Twitter. Uh, says that he thinks it would be amiss if he didn't mention the time he messaged a bunch of people to ask free questions for at Matatat UK. <laughs> I, I was part of this rope. one. It was fucking brilliant. So the episode would run super long. It went on many, many hours and it took two recording sessions to complete. What is that, Mags? Explain what happened so, there, mate. So basically view from the top rope is um, is the, the flagship show for Vision is Global Media uh, and their main segment is called Brain Buster the week where people uh, give their questions and and the guys from uh, view from the top rope and, and the guest uh, answer them 
So uh, what we did when Matt was announced as one of the guests, uh, Graham, uh, who is Matt's uh, co-host on Good Cop, Bad Cop, he went round everybody on wrestling Twitter uh, who, who he knew would uh, regularly uh, give questions to view from the top up and said, give as many questions as you possibly can. So um, <laughs> bear in mind, I've I had at that time, Four or five uh, Twitter accounts for the various podcasts I'm involved in. Each one of those accounts had three questions. My account had three questions. Uh, I think there ended up maybe being 30 people who had, uh, had wrote three questions. So he essentially had uh, nearly 100 questions to go through. Um, I and, think yeah. I did that, actually. Now you're talking about that. That rings a bell. I think I might have been involved in that. Yeah, and Matt loved it because he loves being the centre of attention. Uh, but, yeah, they had to... They had to bring him back the week after to finish off the, the questions that he got. Brilliant. <laughs> so he knows about it now, I'm guessing. Well, he took part in it, so I would assume so. No, I mean, like, he knows about everyone winding him up. Yeah, well, I, I think he, he knew, like the, like, the week after. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, if he doesn't, he's going to know when he hears this, I guess. There we go. Well, uh, he, he's got a prank lined up for Graham, I think. Uh, but uh, okay, he uh, he hasn't spilled any information on it yet. Oh, I look forward to that. I look forward to that. Uh, speaking of good cop, bad cop wrestling podcast at Good Bad Wrestle on Twitter, messaged him. Um, the longest wait to play a joke was when this then forty-year-old dad finally got to use the line. Do you want to play fifty-two card pickup <laughs> <laughs> on his eldest son? He did. And he only had to wait about four years to get the same satisfaction playing the trick on his younger brother. That's awesome. I love that. <laughs> do you know, the, the best thing you can do with that, though, is you can play 52 card pickup and, and do the firing the cards out and pick them all up. But then you can also say, come on, Rob, being serious now, we'll play cops and robbers. And then do the same thing, but just say, bang, you're dead. Uh, so you get to do it twice and it works every single time. <laughs> Um, Chad at Chad's underscore mind on Twitter. He says Diesel has pretended and pulled off being multiple high flyers on our show, sending in questions for months just to fuck with me. I still owe him for it, but I would be lying if I didn't say it was pretty funny when revealed. I don't, again, Mags, you have to explain that when I don't follow. Right, so again, same same show that Matt was on, uh, View from the Top Rope, where they have uh, the people writing questions. Mm-hmm. Um, Diesel, one of the horse, was made some fake accounts to uh, to write in questions and and uh, for, for Chad. I think one of them was called Joseph Buttery, um, <laughs> uh, and I'm assuming one's called Real Wintry as well. Uh, so yeah, um, the it took ages and ages for Chad to realise that these were fake accounts, and it was actually just his his uh, podcast podcast partner uh, playing the long game prank. Brilliant, <laughs> excellent stuff. Uh, Maxi, you got any? You any you pulled or, or or more to the point to make me laugh? Any that have been pulled on you? Um, I do not struggle to actually be to have to remember any that I've had done to me. I'm sure they're going to have been some, uh, but I've got a few few uh, that I remember being a part of. It wasn't necessarily just me. Uh, First, we'll go with the the, the simplest one. Uh, where uh, the house I'm in now, um, from the front door to uh, to the the conservatory, it's like there's like one long connecting corridor, and then all the rest of the rooms and the stairs are kind of like offshoots of it. So you have a, a long walkway going uh, through pretty much the majority of the house. 
but what that means is that the the rooms are all like I said they're all off offshoots of this corridor so um if you go past a room with a light off it can be pretty much dark in mm-hmm. there so so what I uh find hilarious to do is is stand just inside the doorway so you are shielded by the dark but then when uh, Mrs. Mags walks past um, and she comes like to the doorway, she spots you in the corner of her eye and she's the best at making jump because she jump, literally jumps back like a cat, uh, <laughs> like, like in, in terror. And she's like, oh, my God, you're, you're absolutely frightening. Um, there's one that I, I sometimes pull on her when, when she like dozes off. I'll just have her just look stare at her like really close up to her and then when she wakes up obviously with with my ugly mush in your face it's terrifying for anyone uh but for someone who, who likes who jumps a lot it, it makes it even more funnier yeah. um going back to school days there was a we had one particular teacher in our senior school a chemistry teacher who uh was very susceptible to being pranked um he was he was one of those kind of teachers that he was soft uh, and looking back now we we pretty much bullied him uh, and it, it actually does sound awful thinking about it but he, he was a really good teacher just he would never kind of be able to have he wouldn't have the kind of um authority to to tell people off so anyway um he would get called out of the lesson and we we as a group of our students would would think what could we do to to torment this poor teacher now uh right so, so one day we uh uh i don't know if you if you know but uh, if you're doing like science experiments with chemicals uh you have to sometimes do it inside what's called a fume cupboard so if you're like um if this like smoke comes up you don't obviously want to be breathing in toxic smoke so uh it's got like a little cutout for your hands where you can like fit your hands in but then the smoke is covered by a sheet of glass and it's lockable we once got one of uh one of the other students into that cupboard and locked it and hid the key so he had to spend the full uh lesson uh in that cupboard whilst the the teacher couldn't do anything about it because he didn't have the key um <laughs> then there was a another time where he uh the teacher was called up because he was like the head of science so if there were any ever any issues in the rest of the science block he had to be called out right. um there was uh so he'd been called out and we all uh got uh super glue and super glued his desk which was like the center of the room um but we glued it to the roof uh in exactly the same position as all his items would have been oh, on his my. desk yeah well it it, it, oh, it took some my. teamwork that's amazing it was honestly it, it's it was a sight to behold uh, and he's there looking at his desk, thinking, "Where's my pens? Uh, where's my like uh, chalk? Uh, my board rubber stuff like that?" And they're literally all above him. And then the final one that I can remember is uh, we were doing an experiment where you mix these two clear liquids together, and they make this kind of like uh, gunge, like a, a limey, greeny gunge. Uh, so we all thought we were clever doing this. Uh, this. Uh, this uh, experiment, throwing gunge about, putting in people's books, la la la, because we're we're idiots. Anyway, <laughs> the teacher gets the teacher gets called out. So as a as a group, we uh, we get as big of a ball of this gunge together as we can, and we throw it uh, right above where the teacher's seat was. So we get this long kind of like drip. So he comes back, 
sits uh, sits at his desk. We're there pretending we're angels, doing our work, and all the while we've all got one eye on this this ever extending drip of gunge coming from the roof, <laughs> and and we we get the payoff because he had a bold head, well like a like a Freya Tuck style hairdo with uh, the bold in the middle and and, and the Rene Goulet style hair, and yeah the the gunge slap bang in the middle of the bald head. Uh, so so yeah we I, if that guy is still alive I apologize. Uh, I hope you didn't have to go through therapy from what we put you through, but you gave us many many good good laughs at, at your expense. That is that's superb. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm an awful, head. awful human being. <laughs> um, can you hear that cat meowing, Mags? Um, I couldn't. No, is that um, Lemme wanting to get in? Yeah. He, he may, he may have a tale of of when he's pulled a prank on someone. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he's talking away. I've norm where I record basically. I, I sort of cut myself off from the rest of the house to try and make sure that it's quiet and so on. Um, I, I neglected to do my cat check, so I've shut him in the room with me today. So just bear with me, just one second. I'm gonna have to let him out. Hang on. Oh dear, dear, dear. Noisy ginger git. <laughs> I'll edit all that up so it sounds really professional and stuff. And, of course, you know. And <laughs> Without a doubt. <laughs> Oh, I, I got one more, I suppose, joke-wise that I could say that we we played on a our buddy that was I worked with. He used to bring two microwave meals to work every day. Um, he didn't have the greatest of diets. He was always just shoveling crap into his. He was not in the best of shape and so on. I've been told now by someone who still knows him that he's in great health now. He look, he's lost loads of weight and he's really happy and he's married. So good luck to the fella. But at the time, he was a. Uh, quite round shall we say and i'm allowed to poke fun and say things like this because i'm a big fat bastard myself so it's okay um he used to bring in two microwave meals and go into the canteen put one in the microwave start it off and then go outside on the phone to his missus he'd ring his missus every lunchtime so then when he'd come back in swap the microwave meals over um and then eat the first one whilst the second one was cooking yeah like, like a starter and a man yeah but they were both like spag bol or they were both lasagna or something like that yeah 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 same meal that's grim it's not great is it do you know what i mean um oh i'll tell you what you talk about that's grim i did message you saying i played one on my my lad literally this week which i'll tell you about in a minute max but that is grim but um yeah he basically is microwaving this meal pops out to see his missus speak to his missus on the phone i just decided i'm gonna gonna, oh i'm gonna mess with him on board so i went and took the meal when it had finished cooking out of the microwave took the cardboard uh, slider thing out of the bin, slid it back in the cardboard, popped it back in the freezer, fully cooked, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then I took the frozen one, um, put it in the microwave, shut the door, and just came and sat down. Uh, <laughs> and then everyone's just sat there. You know, it's like everyone's sort of looking at their phones and looking at their, like peeking over the top of their newspapers at each other, thinking, how long is it going to take him to twig? Do you know what I mean? And he walks back in after speaking to his missus, opens the microwave up, takes the frozen one out, puts it on the side, <laughs> opens the freezer, takes the hot one out, and he's literally going, ah, ah, with his fingers where it's so fucking hot. <laughs> opens, <laughs> opens it up where it's just on autopilot, puts the one back in the microwave, starts it again, sits down with a frozen meal, and then tries to stick his fork in it. And, he's like, <laughs> and you can see the cogs turning, you know? And he's, I'm just sort of looking at, by this one, I'm creasing. I'm doing the whole, 
where you're holding your breath, trying not to laugh, but you're shaking uncontrollably, <laughs> just you know. And eventually he twigs, and straight away he looks at me, and he's like, "Oh, sorry, you bastard!" Because that's how we used to talk, like you know. But oh, that just sums it up. Um, one very last quick one then, Magsy, because I did message you about it this week, and I've I've got to tell it because it literally did happen this week, and I have permission off my son to tell this story, even though he is the uh, the target of what happened. Um, you know, like. Uh, I, I don't know what they're called. Pedegs, is it? Where you sort of you got the, the the sort of blade and like sandpaper, sort of to, to scrap off the, the the sort of hard. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. They, they lack a little mini cheese grater to yeah. to to clean up your your dry skin on your feet. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now I got quite a bit of dried skin on my feet, and it's been I've suffered with it for years. You know, from when I used to work in this one factory, and I was basically working in two inches of water, and my feet just got wrecked. Yeah. Um, so I ended up with this. I basically bought myself this little mechanical one. So you press a button and it goes zzz and whizzes the little thing round, right? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's almost, I don't know, it's, it's like an electric sander, but for your toes. <laughs> <laughs> I know right, that we've got one. Yeah. Yeah. Since I've used that once or twice, it's fucking brilliant. My feet are great. I'm well happy with it. But you do. And you know, like, um, uh, oh, what's it? I, I, I'm going to get the word wrong now and you're going to laugh at me. Is it desecrated coconut? Desiccated. Desiccated. Desiccated is like where someone maybe took a shit on the coconut. No, it's not that grim. <laughs> Desiccated, like oh, like foot dust. Yeah, You're going to go on about the, your foot dust, aren't you? The crusty, Des- stanky foot dust. Yeah, desecrated coconut. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different product. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. This what what was what's the word? Decim not decimated. What's the word? <laughs> decimated. Jesus, that's, that's a coconut that's been smashed with an hammer. Uh, de- desiccated. Desiccated coconut. Yeah, it's like a pie. Shredded. Shredded coconut. Yeah. Okay, we'll say that. I'll shred it right. <laughs> That's what this wow. stuff, when you use it on your toe, that's what the stuff on the carpet is left, and you just clean it up, vacuum it up, whatever. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I looked at it and I thought, oh, I've got to get our boy with that. So I picked some of it up and put it in a bowl, and he's playing his computer game. And when he's playing his computer game, he's famously ignorant. I've told everyone this before, and it pisses me off how ignorant he is. I'm making his dinner. He's oblivious. You're trying to talk to him. He's oblivious. It does mind that. So I took this bowl up to him, and I've pretended to put my finger in it and stick it on my tongue and said to him, cool, that tastes good. That does, mate. Try a bit of that. And he's looked at it and gone, what is it? And, I was, and the, his mum's bought some donuts earlier in the day. And I said, there's some of the sugar from the bottom of the bag from the donuts. Because it looks like that sort of sugary, powdery, you know, yeah. Shredded coconut. So he's given his finger a good old lick, Mags. Stuck it straight in that pile of foot dust, and right. stuck it, stuck it straight in his chops, mate. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's gruesome. And I've just walked away, chuckling to myself, thinking, "I wish my middle daughter was here because she would find this the most hysterical thing ever." Because she's always part of my pranks with me. Um, once we um, took, when she was really little, we took the like uh, the, the trays, the shelves out of the cooker. And she rolled herself up and got in the oven and I shut the oven and told our lad to go open the oven and get a tray for me. And she jumped out and made him jump. She's always like my partner in crime winding up. It's brilliant. Um, <laughs> he comes down. That's st- evil. That's properly evil that you've done that. <laughs> She's come down. St- he's, he's come downstairs. Sorry, my lad and gone, dad, what was that? Seriously? Why are you laughing so much? And then he saw what I had in my hand and he saw what I was about to like clean up and he ran to the sink and I got a video of him going, who are, <laughs> over the sis kitchen sink. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I love it, but it's it's so disgustingly evil. 
Yeah, it is bad. Oh, you absolute animal. Uh, one that you've actually missed off Twitter that I've, that I've just come on the timeline is uh, the one from Matt from Five Nerds Go. Oh, uh, okay. uh, apologies, Matt. I, I'm, I am very, very sorry. It, it, I mean, it's fine. It's, uh, I don't know if we've actually mentioned it on this show, but he's uh, left no context at all about why this is a prank, but I know the inside track from this uh from this um, story. So if you go on the, the chain wrestling Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, you'll, you'll see this, uh, this 30 second video of Matt showing us uh, the insides uh, of a grammy green plastic cup from his bathroom. Oh mate, I, I'll tell you what, I remember this now because I did click on it and I turned it off straight away. Cause I, was like, I don't know what that is. Okay. So, so I'm assuming you don't know the backstory of it then. No, 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 no. Let me just have a quick look. You carry on. I'm going to talk amongst yourselves. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to go have a look at the video. So strapping, guys, because this is pretty gruesome. So this green cup is in Matt's uh, bathroom. It looks like the standard kind of a uh, cup that you may have for for maybe rinsing your mouth out after you're brushing your teeth. Yeah. Um, so that's exactly what Matt's mum uses it for. She uh, brushes the teeth. Uh, I don't know if she has real teeth or if they're falses. That's neither here nor there. Um, but she'll uh, fill up the cup with water, rinse her mouth out, and go on a merry little way. Uh, and every time she does, uh, Matt and his dad will have a sneaky little chuckle, uh, and the mum is absolutely not aware of the joke. So... Um, Matt explained what the the actual intended use of that cup was for. So um, the cup is actually what his dad uses to piss in in case the phone rings when he's on the toilet. So that cup, that cup has had multiple gallons of. Matt's dad's piss in, in, in the cup. And if you notice on the video, it says, got the coronavirus cure in my bathroom. That's because it is moldy from not being rinsed out with with Matt's dad's piss in it. Uh, it only, the only time it gets rinsed out is when Matt's mum fills it up with water to, to brush up a little peggies. Uh, so, yeah. And I, I still don't think to this day she is aware that that is... Uh, her husband's piss cup so that's what that the context of that video that's horrific and long term that's the, that's the long play of a of a pissy green cup i don't i don't understand the purpose of the cup though why would you need a cup to piss in if the phone rings i've not i i, I didn't really question that part of it um maybe it's because he Wanted to take it with him, so it's like piss on the go, perhaps. If you get right. if you get caught a bit short and the phone starts ringing, grab the cup, like okay. waddle in position with the piss flowing, going onto the phone. I suppose, maybe. That I don't know. It's grim. Up. Yeah, it's grim. That's worse than my desecrated coconut feet. <laughs> it yeah, it's equivalent to it. No, it's worse, Max. That's worse, man. Surely, <laughs> surely that's worse. This is like my my lad's dipped his finger in it once. This is this woman's brushing her not nashers in it every freaking night for years, apparently. Oh, there's no comparison, man. 
Um, Magsy, I think this week I'm gonna I'm gonna plump for uh, UTT Rob as our listener of the week with his excellent long term um, pictures of the cake missing a slice bit by bit by bit. What do you reckon? Yeah, and and I'd give him a, a nine out of ten for that because I think there could have been some finality to it when when he he took pictures of that cake being thrown away. Yeah, but but it's a great story. Yeah, fair play. And again, thank you everybody for sending in your uh, your tweets, your practical jokes, and so on to at chain underscore wrestling. Really, really appreciated for everyone's uh, feedback and interactions there. As always, it's it's always a giggle. Me and Mag say it every week, pretty much, but we mean it every week. This isn't our show. Chain wrestling is your show, and without you, it wouldn't be possible. So, thank you so so much. And people, you have redeemed yourselves from last week's horrific horrific stories i don't know man pissy cups bad <laughs> you know? i wish i didn't tell you now <laughs> <laughs> because that might, yeah it might give you ideas you might they might still turn up a, a little plastic cup on on your kitchen on your bathroom sink oh i don't know man that's bad i don't even want it's, to think it about is, it it's 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 grim yeah, it is very grim. I mean, I suppose in, in a way, though, that being that grim has kind of took everyone's mind off the fact that I fancy a dead girl from a TV programme. <laughs> no, no. The streets won't forget that. The streets? What, the band? What do they want? <laughs> <laughs> if they want to ask, you know, you know, tweet me at SJP Words, you know, the streets, we'll have a chat about it. It's great. Um, okay, Maxi, should we talk some wrestling, mate? Yes, let's. Okay. Finally. Hello, brother. This is NWA, WCW Enhancement Talent, Randy Hogan, baby. Being in the ring with the Road Warriors, Vader, Abdul the Butcher, Midnight Express and all them guys. Let me tell you, it was dang rough. But not as rough as listening to Cyan Mags on that chain wrestling show, brother. What you gonna do when this pair of fools, Cyan Mags and chain wrestling, brother, runs wild on you? Let's rinse my mouth out from the thought of drinking from a pissy green cup. It's kind of ironic that you say you only need to rinse your mouth out, considering the circumstances, isn't it, really? Yeah, but it's only because I know what's in my cup. I, you don't know what... Well, I know what's been do in my you? cup. <laughs> that, well, do yeah. you? Do <laughs> you? Okay. Um, this week, the winner of the poll once again was my partner in crime, Mr. Mags. Twitter, what the hell is going on? Come on, play fair. You know, I, I, I'm part of this show too. I'm not just the one who's like, you know. <laughs> he literally does all the hard work and gets get shit on by wrestling Twitter. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it'd be interesting to chuck a matchup that maybe people haven't seen or haven't seen for a long time. Just something a bit different to talk about, you know, because everyone's seen RVD versus Cena. And I'm not going to lie, when it won the poll, I was a bit disappointed because I was like, oh man, I've seen that so many times. Oh, I've got to go back and watch it again. It's a match that everyone's seen sh- by this stage, surely 15 years old now. Surely everyone who listens to this show will have seen it before, you'd imagine. Um, but I've got to be honest, watching it back today before we started recording, I bloody loved it. It was brilliant. It's a, it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant match. Yeah, 
absolutely fantastic. Um, to recap, this is the main event from the ECW, well, WWE stroke ECW one night stand pay-per-view from June the 11th, 2006. It comes from the Hammerstein ballroom in New York. Um, there's just shy of two and a half thousand there and it's for the WWE title held by John Cena and Mr. Money in the Bank, Rob Van Dam has cashed in his briefcase, um, and given us a date in advance of wanting to wrestle on this night. <laughs> and it sets up an incredible contest and an incredible atmosphere, Max, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, um, the most partisan, uh, crowd you will see on a WWE, um, WWE uh, produced show ever. This crowd adores Rob Van Dam and wants to murder John Cena. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's um, it's obvious right from the from the get go. I mean it's obvious anyway because just the camera angles you're getting, you're looking around this mm-hmm. venue. There is the signs are all pro Rob Van Dam, pro ECW, and basically saying, I well, there's one sign there that said, I came to see Cena die. There's yeah. a sign that said, if, C- if Cena wins, we riot, which I'm sure everyone's familiar with from, from pictures and so on. Um, now, my little girl, multiple fuck you, Cena ones. Oh, yeah, loads of them. Um, my daughter uh, came in from school just in time to sit down and watch this with me and as I've mentioned numerous times it's great having her there to sort of bounce off when we're watching these shows her reactions during this match I was I was really surprised at because she's she's around bad language I'm not being funny she's my kid she's probably heard every swear word in the world you know it's, I, don't, I, I don't really have a filter even though perhaps I should around my children but there we go um, and Obviously, other kids swear and shout. Not my little girl. She's an angel. I know she wouldn't. I know she wouldn't, Max. <laughs> but that's what she tells me anyway. But she's, um, <laughs> you know, she's aware of all this sort of stuff. But she's giggling her head off the whole way through. Every time she hears something rude or they're chanting asshole at John Cena or fuck you, Cena or whatever, she thinks this is the funniest thing in the world because she's never really seen it or heard it, I guess at this level before in all the wrestling she's watched like that, that clear and that, that hostile and, and that sort of unanimous, I guess, Mags, mm-hmm. you know, she, she's that, she's sat there giggling away. I mean, the one they're chanting at one stage, Cena swallows. They do. Yes. That's brilliant. And she turns to me and she says, what are they saying this time, daddy? <laughs> and I, I, I looked at the wife and me and the wife both we both played dumb we were like I don't know I can't figure that one out Charlie I'm really sorry I, don't, I can't figure that one out but all the rest she's picking up on yeah. she, she's giggling she's laughing her head off um, and when, you, when they're chanting you can't wrestle she thought that was really funny as well because his wristband said you can't and the see me bit was hidden so yeah. she, she giggled away to herself thinking that her wristband might, his wristband might say you can't wrestle as well which <laughs> was funny but it was the atmosphere mags is just the only thing i can liken it to is when we went back and looked at cena versus punk mm-hmm. uh, yeah. f- uh, quite a few episodes ago is that similar sort of vibe isn't it or even um joe versus punk yeah where, yeah where the crowd were just rabid and, and, it's, and it's only a relatively small arena um but every single member of that crowd was invested. Every single member of that crowd wanted a Rob Van Dam win, uh, and they all absolutely detested Cena. Uh, It was um, 
I mean, we spoke pre-recording uh, about how we felt about this match, and I'm like you, I, re- I remember the match, but I, um, I, 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 I forgot lots of like little nuances in, in this match. Uh, and one thing that really stood out to me was how how broad of a shoulders John Cena must have had to take all that grief. Um, I mean, this is a guy whose um, career was was basically built when he, he turned babyface and he was like, he carried the company on his shoulders and to be the babyface of, of, of the biggest wrestling company in the world and then to be absolutely vilified in this match, that's a that's a hard, hard thing to, to, to deal with. But he took it all on the chin and it, it was... If you remember watching Hogan versus The Rock, where Rock was the, the massive, massive babyface, but uh, when we got to the match, it was The Rock that was getting booed. You need a, a, a certain kind of like um, uh, character to be able to carry that off and, and still put on a great performance. And this match, for me, shows that John Cena was that kind of guy, that he, he, he had the character to be able to uh, basically, essentially, help put Rob Van Damme over. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, it starts off with him still effectively doing the whole baby face um, mm-hmm. reactions and, and wrestling that way, I guess. And he throws his T-shirt. This is this is a brilliant moment. And this really popped me and my daughter and my wife when he throws his T-shirt into the crowd and they throw it back. And, and not only fr- the T-shirt, he starts actually throwing the hat into the crowd. Yeah. And, so, and someone throws the hat back and it lands perfectly on the apron. I mean, some of the shots from those uh, guys in the crowd were, were brilliant because the, the shirt pretty much goes to every corner of the fans. Uh, and and the, the, the 99% of the, the time they come back and they land in somewhere brilliant like the first one first time it gets thrown back i think it's the cameraman uh one of the the other times it lands actually on the ropes and it, it's almost like wrap itself around the ropes uh the last time though is is for me is the best where one fan tries to throw it he uh, he, he throws it about two foot which what a what a limp wrist uh and then it's caught by actually a, a, it, it seems like someone who worked there because he had like a security badge yeah uh and he's there spitting on it, wiping his arse with it, and yeah, it was just brilliant. Uh, I mean, love it more here. You've got to give props to Cena for for being able to to put up with that because they wanted to fucking kill him. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. And, and we get um, fuck you chance. We get fuck you Cena chance. We mm-hmm. get. Cena swallows, as I mentioned. You can't wrestle. Um, when Cena puts a few of his moves together, they're chanting same old shit, same old yeah. shit, and overrated as well. Um, but at one stage, they actually go out into the crowd, and I sort of looked, and I was like, wow, that's brave. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought it was actually brave with the, the entrance, because if you if you remember the old ECW entrance, it's like a, a fake kind of hole in a brick wall. But the crowd are really packed in. You don't have a, like a long, uh, spacious walkway, kind of like a WrestleMania to to walk down. You're in, you're in packed tight, and the crowd can literally touch you. Uh, and he's there walking with his title belt held up high. Uh, mm. All these fans are, are literally sticking their uh, middle fingers in his face, um, and it's literally in his face, isn't it, man? It's not just like they're leaning over the barricade and swearing at him. Some of them are like literally in his face. They're that yeah. close. I mean, if that was Punk or if that was, say, Austin or any kind of like the older school wrestlers, a lot of them fans would have been getting a smack in the jaw. But mm. Cena takes it on the chin, and I, I've got to give him props for that. If that was Shawn Michaels, he would have turned around and walked out, wouldn't he? Yeah, absolutely. 
you know so yeah absolutely brilliant and it's almost almost defiant the way he walks to the ring with the title above his head and just storms through that sort of um that, that sort of storm i guess that's that's being sort of put upon him in, during his entrance um there's a couple of moments i, I think were really good as well um cena hits a ddt on a chair that was really really sharp there's a real snap to the ddt it looked great um, but then the you can't wrestle chance returned straight after, which I thought was really harsh because I thought this looked great. Um, well, I mean, they start they started a lot of the you can't wrestle chance, and seeing as actually pulling off like stuff like suplexes and mm-hmm. and, and and headlock takedowns, like really kind of like traditional wrestling moves. Um, so it was definitely a crowd that that wanted to hate Cena. Um, but one thing that I noticed going all the way through the match was how pumped. That this made both wrestlers. Both wrestlers gave not only a, a good performance. You could tell that they put a hundred percent, ten percent effort into it. Uh, I mean, the the rolling thunder that Rob Van Dam does onto the onto uh, Cena with the chair on his chest. He puts extra kind of like. Uh, an extra foot of leap into it, so he's, he's jumping higher um, on the the corkscrew uh, leg drop from the the apron to uh, Cena hanging over the barricade. He's putting more effort into it. You can tell they were really kind of getting a buzz off the crowd, and and it was really uh, pushing him to to put on an amazing performance. Yeah, definitely. Um, we then get a chant of Cena sucks cock as well, which is. <laughs> Lovely. Thankfully, it's another one my little girl didn't quite grasp, which I was quite happy about. And at this stage, I'm, I was cringing a little bit having her there watching it with me. But um, RVD is slingshotted into a chair that oh. is it, it's sort of propped up, isn't it, Max? Between the middle rope and the top rope at the yeah, turnbuckle, kind front. of wedged in. Yeah, yeah. So it sort of, sort of sits between the two turnbuckles, and he's he's slingshotted into it by Cena. And his head basically just goes straight through the main panel of the chair. It looked it looked horrific. Yeah, and and again, that's that's Rob putting in more effort because of whether it's the adrenaline of of, of the harp of the crowd. But he rams his head right through that chair, and it, it gets to where it's almost like it's stuck in between like the 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 back and and the the seat part of the chair. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was it was. Well, it was just brutal. Um, there's a moment where they sort of go towards the ropes, and you're going to have to help me with this one, Mags. I don't quite know what they were going for, but it looked like um, Van Damme was trying to get Cena to maybe sit on the ropes, but Cena got his legs yeah. the way round. I'm not 100% sure what they were going for, but it's quite obvious that something had gone wrong, I think. Yeah, it, it, for, for me, they were, it, it looked like they were have a tra- having uh, Rob Van Damme dump Cena over the top rope to the floor, or kind of like a... Uh, have him straddle the ropes like uh, Shawn Michaels used to do a lot where he'd, he'd like bounce him on the ropes and uh, basically crush his nuts. Uh, but yeah, that that uh, looked like a little bit of a, a botch, but I think they played it off well when Cena kind of fell to the floor um, was was like able to kind of uh, almost like call it uh, as, as they went on and they, they recovered it well and, and, and got straight back to the action. Yeah, yeah, and everyone was chanting Cena fucked up and so on, which was <laughs> yeah. quite funny as well. So. Even though it was both of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they ain't going to say nothing to old RVD, are they? Eh? They they worship the guy. <laughs> um, 
A moment when chanting you can't wrestle would have been fully justified follows shortly when Cena puts on the worst submission move. Uh, well, he puts on the STFU, which I think is the worst submission move since Eric Watts used the STF back in the early 90s. It's just fucking dreadful. It makes my skin crawl and it embarrasses me every time I see it. But there we go. <laughs> I mean, uh, they, they did it for that, for the, ST, the STFU and for the, the five knuckle shuffle. Mm. Uh, which he did uh, a few minutes before that. Uh, and you could tell then that Cena was playing up to the crowd because uh, he saluted the crowd just as he was uh, pulling off the five-knuckle shuffle. Um, he, he, he was playing along with the crowd just as much as they were with him. But when we get to that STFU, Cena turns full-on heel. He, uh, yeah. he refuses to, to break the hole when RVD has the ropes. Uh, the ref wrestles him off the ropes, which... Uh, you would never see Earl Ebner doing things like that. That's a horrific. John Finnegan should be absolutely ashamed. Cena then um, starts shoving the ref. The ref shoves him, and then Cena just drops him with a big fuck-off clothesline. Yeah, just clobbers him, doesn't he? And that's what <laughs> I was going to say earlier. Um, Cena obviously starts the match still doing his, his baby face John Cena shtick, I suppose. Um, but by the end of the match, as you said there, Max, he is wrestling as the heel. He has... He has took it on board completely and just got involved. And it's, it's brilliant. It adds to the match, I think, because the crowd, they're going to hate him anyway. And he yeah. does more to Play make them it. hate. Yeah, just brilliant. What, what a performance by John Cena. Absolutely superb. Um, yeah, Cena floors the, the, the ECW referee and then uses the steps um, and hits RVD with those. And, and he uh, calls out Nick Patrick, doesn't he, in a SmackDown and, top, a WWE ref, I guess. He does, um, but but just before we you 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 move on again, this uh, when he does the the shot with the with the steps, RVD hits those steps like with so much force that you can tell he's putting in so much more effort because uh, it's his it's his partisan crowd. Uh, again, I've got to give him major props for that. He sold those stairs like an absolute champ. Yeah, definitely. Which led to, I suppose, the the reaction you get when he kicks out at two, because <laughs> yeah. if he hasn't sold it that way, it, it's all pointing towards Van Damme getting screwed and the ECW brand and fans getting screwed at this moment, isn't it? it um, is. and, and then when he kicks out, they go absolutely batshit crazy, don't they? Mm-hmm, they do. Um, and then it, it continues again when uh, um, I think RBD is uh, going to attempt the the, the five star frog splash. Um, Cena uh, is quick to uh, get up off the off the um, the floor and and does a, a, an amazing kind of like one handed power bomb almost. Mm. Yeah, and then and then we have a visitor, don't we? Turn up from under the mm. ring. With a massive black uh, crash helmet on and a white yeah. jacket. And I'll tell you what, like I said, I've seen this match several times. Um, I thought I'd seen it more recently than I had, but there were certain moments I forgot. This was one of those moments, and it's such a big, big, pivotal moment in this match. But I completely forgot Edge turns up. Well, this this was this part was the link to last week's episode with uh, uh, when we were talking about people being under the ring yeah. um, and being part of the match. This was the reason why uh, I picked this match. See that? Yeah, but that's the thing. Watching it back when I put it on today, Edge comes out the ring, and I was like, "Who's that?" And then he took the arm. I was like, "Oh yeah, of course." But uh, my mind was completely blank when it happened. I don't know if I was that involved in what I was watching I don't know but it, it completely surprised me even though I was aware that it, it did happen if that makes sense yeah and and the ironic thing is 
Um, Edge was on earlier in the show, uh, and the fans booed him out of the building. But after he uh, after he revealed that it was him who, who um, sp- and you can't really say he speared John Cena through the table because Edge took all of that table on his opposite shoulder. Uh, yeah. the, the fans were chanting, thank you, Edge. So yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how you make a, an instant babyface in ECW, just go up and beat the fuck out of Cena. A fickle, fickle bastard. <laughs> <laughs> um, we then get a huge mid-air twisting five-star oh. frog splash. Nobody I, does that I better, do they? I love it. I mean, I like uh, Eddie Guerrero's uh, frog splash as much as anyone, but Rob Van Dam, when he does a frog splash, he, he gets more heart than anyone. He's able to to adjust his position in midair. The guy's is just a freak of nature, uh, and he has, for me, the best frog splash. Yeah, and I like the way as well that when he hits it, he always rolls away holding his himself his ribs yeah. and that like it's like it's hurt him too which actually it would that's the whole point it, it makes perfect it sense um but there's no ref max there's no ref what are we gonna do ah but why is there no ref because edge battered nick patrick yeah yes exactly so we need someone to count the free count and who comes out looking all, all sort of semi-confused and looking around the crowd like shall i shan't i only poor bloody Heyman. mm-hmm and my little girl, who only knows Paul Heyman from Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns' uh, links present day, so I went, that's Paul Heyman. And I was like, yep, because that used to be his company. And she went, no, oh, I just thought he was a manager. So I felt like I'd failed her as a parent a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> but even, even when Paul Heyman came out, it's almost like maybe Rob didn't know what was going on because he had to tell, he was there like shouting, Rob, Rob, go for the pin, go for the pin. Um, and then obviously he, he does the count and uh, we get uh, a new, and they even announce it as the new ECW champion, Rob Van Dam. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, he, he ends up going through the crowd, goes up to see his then wife in the balcony, celebrates, um, comes back down, he's in the ring, Tommy Dreamer, Boz Mahoney, loads of old ECW guys, and then the new WWE ECW guys are in the ring celebrating with him. Just just a great moment, I think, Mags. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I do. It was um, a brilliant, brilliant match. One that, um, um, for my shame, I haven't watched enough over recent years. But, yeah, it was a, a, a well-told story, kind of like almost a, an instant double turn with, uh, we've seen ever the baby face in, in WWE, but being the most hated person on the show for 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 this ECW one that stand I thought it was a, a brilliant match the right person won which you can sometimes maybe accuse uh, John Cena of, of maybe being uh, political with, uh, with uh, some of his opponents uh, but no he uh, RBD was already a made man for many many fans before this I think they mentioned he was a, like a six time intercontinental uh, champion at this bar then but this was his first ever world title uh, and it, it it solidified him as as being one of the best wrestlers to ever do it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So on that sort of very positive note, um, where where do you rate this, mate? Where where, where do you put this um, in regards to other matches and so on out of ten? 
Okay. Um, like I said, uh, this the, it's not a perfect match by all all means. I mean, we did get the the botch with the uh, what are they trying to do over the ropes? Uh, but in terms of uh, the atmosphere, I don't think you'll get many uh, matches that that can can uh, touch this one uh, in terms of the feeling uh, behind the match. Uh, two of the best wrestlers uh, of the modern era. Um, both from absolutely, I mean, Cena's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but he certainly will be a first ballot, and, and Rob Van Dam going in the Hall of Fame earlier on this year. Um, it was a it was a fucking great match. I implore everyone to go and watch this because it's it's so much fun. Um, I would happily give this uh, an eight and a half out of ten. Oh my word! I'll tell you what, we're we're back to where we once were many weeks ago, bags ma- matching up because eight and a half out of ten is exactly where I was going as well. Yeah, and Brilliant. I agree with I agree with everything you said. There was a few moments here and there that stop it being perfect, I guess. Um, there are other matches that I do look back on more favorably than this, but watching it back today, it was brilliant seeing my little girl's reaction to it the big grin on her face when she was hearing the more chant asshole and so on <laughs> just i had a fantastic time watching it back so yeah eight and a half for me quite a high mark but i totally agree with you mate absolutely brilliant brilliant stuff really enjoyed it yeah it's a great great match no, I, I agree with you as well mate less you know people should be not not that they haven't of course because whatever wins the poll everyone goes back and watches anyway because they're all following along with us let's be honest they you know that. Are. I hope so. I hope you are at home. <laughs> <laughs> it's what the cool kids do, remember? It um, is. Yeah, I agree. If you have not seen this match in a while, take the time to go. It's only, what, half hour or so. Take the time to go and check it out. It is absolutely brilliant stuff. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, Magsy, where do you want to go next, mate? Okay, so uh, I've had uh, quite a few recent uh, picks where the uh, the chain has been slightly convoluted I'd say so I want to keep it relatively uh, simple this time so I'm going to stick with RVD I think uh, we haven't um, even touched on on how great this guy was uh, as a wrestler Uh, we've seen a couple of his matches but this guy has got a catalogue of amazing amazing matches and one that really sticks out in my mind is is when he was the um, he was I think he was the Intercontinental Champion and he uh, unified the that with the European title against Jeff Hardy. Uh, okay. but, uh, but um I actually looked up the match and it's only seven minutes long and I actually thought it was a hell of a lot longer than that. Uh, so I think we'd be kind of like um cut uh, cutting as as fan base a little bit short by having that one, even though it is a really, really good match. Um so I thought Rob Van Dam and, and Jeff Hardy have had amazing matches over their, their uh, time in uh, in uh, WWE. Uh, a lot of them for the hardcore title. So I went back through his catalogue a little bit more, uh, and I've settled on SummerSlam 2001, okay. where where Jeff Hardy goes into that uh, match as the hardcore champion. Uh, he's facing Rob Van Dam in a ladder match. Uh, so I thought we'll go for uh, Rob Van Dam against Jeff Hardy for the hardcore title from SummerSlam 2001. In a ladder match. 
I remember that well. It is absolutely brilliant stuff. I mean, Jeff Hardy and I had a match. Rob Van Dam and I had a match. Just great. Uh, 2001 is, is a great time in wrestling as well. I really enjoy that era. Yeah. I mean, I, w- I was even tempted with the, the match that they had earlier in the year, about uh, about two or three weeks before they had a, a hardcore title match for uh, at the Invasion pay-per-view. Uh, but I thought I'll go with the ladder match just, for, just, just because it is such a, a good match. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense, mate. Makes a lot of sense. I quite happily watch that back. Um, watch that back once again. But hopefully, we won't. A <laughs> selfish streak coming out there. Hopefully, just just on this occasion, hopefully we won't, because hopefully my choice will win. Um, I'm going to basically be fairly straightforward with my option as well. Um, I look down the card that we've just looked at the, um, I know he said in your house there, and that's not right. Is it one night stand pay-per-view in 2006 and one name jumped out at me straight away when looking down that, 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 that pay-per-view card and who was wrestling on the matches and so on. And that is the awesome, legendary, just iconic Terry Funk wrestles mm-hmm. in an intergender six person match lower down the card on this one night stand pay-per-view. We just watched the main event from. So I started thinking about Terry Funk matches, uh, where we could go with that. And I thought we've not spoken much about Terry Funk on the show so far. So that could be quite interesting. And then I thought, well, I do try and pick things that are a little bit obscure. Sometimes we've had a look at some USWA or some global wrestling as it is. It was brand. Branded. Um, I tried to pick a random match from a Raw last week, and I thought maybe I'll go something a little bit more well-known this week then, seeing as my selections aren't working, being a touch more unique. So I started... Uh, <laughs> People I, don't want to watch stuff they've never watched before. They just want to watch something that they've watched ad nauseum. Exactly. And then this one, I think, is... It ticks a lot of boxes, because if you've never seen it before, you are in for a treat. Um, I believe... Uh, old Shagger Dave Meltzer gave it five stars, I believe. I'll have to check that out. Um, if you have not seen it before, you're in for a treat. If you have seen it before, you know how bloody great this is. So get your votes in, people. I would like to use Terry Funk in the mid card of the One Night Stand pay per view as my link and go to 1989 Clash of the Champions 9 and watch Terry Funk versus Ric Flair in an oh, I Quit match. That is a really good match. So that there, you have Terry Funk as the link. You have um, effectively hardcore wrestling as a sort of secondary link, I suppose, because this is an I quit match. So you understand there's various shenanigans, as they say, going on. Um, But yeah, Clash of the Champions 9 from 1989, which to me is probably peak Ric Flair. You know, 88, 89 is is really up there in good flair years. Um, He's famous for his Steamboat trilogy around this time. Terry Funk has another great match with Rick Steamboat as well in 89. Um, But the two here meet in Clash of the Champions in an I Quit contest that, again, like I said, if you've not seen it before, you will you're in for a treat if you have seen it you know how great it is and you should vote for it and look forward to it and how how do they say it be fair to flair to quote the great bobby heenan <laughs> get your votes in choose my selection for once or i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna start making mags do this show on his own <laughs> <laughs> and nobody wants that <laughs> that's it mate. that's it <laughs> okay so to recap um, the poll, as always, will be up between an hour and a day, roughly after this show drops. Um, you have the two choices for next week. We have 
Rob Van Dam versus Jeff Hardy in a ladder match for the Hardcore Championship at SummerSlam 2001. An absolute belter, a barnstormer of a match there. Um, or we have Ric Flair versus Terry Funk in an I Quit match from Clash of the Champions 9 from way back in 1989. Those are your two choices. The poll will be up on the show's Twitter, which is at chain underscore wrestling. Um, chuck us a follow. Vote in the polls. Get involved in our non-wrestling topics. Um, I think, Magsy, we're coming to a time when we could potentially throw out some stage in the next couple of weeks. Drunk Stories 3 as a potential topic. Things they always seem to get good good hype. So we'll see what we reckon. Maybe next week, maybe the week after. We'll have to have a little look at that. But yeah, get involved. Follow us on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and so on. The polls will always be on Twitter, but we have a Facebook as well. Um, yeah, so, Mags, uh, where can people find you? Which is which is different and new and all shiny and sparkly. It is, yeah. For the first time, I think I've been on Twitter for 12 years, I think. And the first time I've actually changed my Twitter handle. So, yeah, it was a... It was, a, a big, big change, but you can now find me at Podfather Max. Uh, um, you can find all the links to the the multiple contents that are that I'm on um, all over my social media, all over business global media, all over chair shot, and all over shooting the sports ish. Yeah, and I, I reckon that's a sensible choice as well because. Most people know you as Mags, don't they? Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I call you Mags. Everyone on, on your other shows calls you Mags. I'm not going to lie. It's only been fairly recent, but far more recent than I'm willing to admit that I actually realised what your real name was. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and yeah. I mean, I, I do you even know the the uh, origin of being called Mags? No idea, mate. Okay, um, I'll tell it you off, offline. Oh no! Come on, spill the beans. I mean, most people uh, who have listened to me uh, for any long period of time will, will know, but um, my kind of like, when you have a, a Twitter handle, you have your at whatever, blah, 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 but then you can also have like a little bit of a, another name to what you call it. And mine was, uh, for a long time, was Magnet and Steel. Okay. From, uh, uh, from um, uh, Max and Paddy's Road to Nowhere, there were two... Um, Two police officers that Max had invented a drawn in his in his school colouring book. There were two cops that worked outside the law, uh, and when they, there was a big crime, they come together like magnet and steel. Uh, so that was my uh, kind of Twitter nickname for a, a long, long time. Uh, but then when I got uh, involved with uh, with the guys at, uh, at View from the Top Rope. Um, the, it, it kind of evolved, uh, and then it was. I got called uh, for some reason Mags and Nuts and Steel, uh, and then it got shortened to uh, Mags, and yeah, and then it, it just ran with it. That so that's become my kind of wrestling Twitter persona, uh, I suppose. And pretty much everybody now calls me Mags, even though. And that's not my name, and it's never been my name. But uh, yeah, that's it's now my that's my my gimmick name, I suppose. Yeah, that's quite cool. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> See, it's weird. Everyone calls me Sai, apart from my nan, who calls me Simon, and you called me Simon once or twice, and it was just fucking weird. <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you told me off for it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but there we go. Yes, you can find Mags at Podfather Mags on Twitter. Um, 
you can find me at SJP Words on Twitter. And again, most importantly, you can find the show at Chain underscore Wrestling on Twitter. Chuck them all a follow, vote in the polls. Thank you to everyone once again for listening and thank you for everyone getting involved with the show. I keep saying it, but you know, me and Mags genuinely mean it. It's your show. It wouldn't happen without you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm off now to bleach and scrub the plastic beaker in my bathroom because I'm a little scared. Uh, Magsy, I will speak to you next week, my friend. (laughs) Speak to you soon.